Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Adam, the good news is the Denver Broncos are on a short week. The bad news is the Denver Broncos are on a short week. That is fair. That is a fair assessment. It's accurate and fair, and that's what I like about you, Ian. You're accurate and you're fair, and I appreciate that. I I mean, what else is there to say? I I know. I thank God that they play on Thursday so we don't have to wait until Sunday to you know watch what? what's going to happen in Cleveland. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I sent a text to a buddy of mine. I said, hey, I, I don't know what you're doing on Sunday, but I'm actually free because the Broncos play on Thursday night. And uh, he's he's working, so uh, we are golfing on Saturday instead, which is fine. Um, this is, uh, yeah, we I think I think the fans need a bye week. And so a little mini buy here with uh, with this, you know, we get the game out of the way on Thursday. Uh, we'll talk about what we think is going to happen later, but then we can actually go and enjoy what's happening with the rest of the NFL. Set our fantasy lineups, place our our single game parlays, and our you know. If you do that, I may I may even I may even go for a, a a big parlay and just bet all the games and see if maybe I can get into the news as having like, oh, I just need the Lions to win on Monday night. Maybe I'll get something like that. I know the Lions don't play on Monday. I'm just saying. So I might do a <laughs> I might do a, a three game spread teaser. Sure. Where I, I pick three games that I think teams will cover and you'll go be, that route. You'll get teased by the first two doing exactly what you want, but then the third one not. I know I know how teasers work. I I've 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 been teased many times. Uh I, I told you about some of my bets last week. They not a single one hit, and they were just so close. Dang it. Just just needed Chase Edmonds to score. That was it. That's all I needed. That was it. Isn't that the worst where you get that close and then it's one leg? Yep. It's it's the one legs that bother you. The ones where you miss everything but one, you're like, well, I'm an idiot, but <laughs> I'm okay just with those. Just ask Tony Soprano about the, about the one legs. <laughs> well played. I like that. That was nicely done. I'm going to I'm gonna bow out after that one. Uh I, this is uh it is a short week. It is a Browns team that is greatly damaged. Can I say that? Is that 
I feel like that's a, a fair thing to say. I mean, the, the Broncos have injuries. The Browns have injuries. Like, both of their top running backs are out. There's going to be no Chubb Hunt on Thursday. Baker Mayfield has, like, I, I don't know how. He left has arm one arm. Sling. Yeah, left arm and a sling. I mean, I, it sounds like his labrum is completely torn. <laughs> yeah, you don't need your labrum. That's a, from what I understand, and I don't have a medical degree, that's not an important part of your body, even if you are someone who throws a football for a living. Well, the good his, news it's his the left good news is he's going the good news is he's going against the Broncos pass rush so he's not going to get hit. Yeah. That is a that is I don't I didn't like that. I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy that joke because of the accuracy of that one. That one I didn't like. So that I mean that that's why Baker Mayfield expects to play cuz he knows that hey, I'm I'm not going to get hit. I'm <laughs> fine. That's the Broncos, right? I should be fine. All right, I'll play. It's totally okay. I'm going against a defense where they line up their best edge rusher as a slot cornerback. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, really? All right, let's, let's talk about that. I, I want to talk about that a little bit because there's there's something that's that's going on right now in Broncos country that I think is is a valid concern for this franchise and for the direction of this franchise in 2021. Right? Let's just focus on this season. You've got a uh, you've got maybe one of the greatest pass rushers in the history of the NFL, and I'm going to give him that. Uh, dropping into coverage, you I have guess the speed receiver. I don't care who it's against. I'm just going to say you have the maybe one of the you have the greatest pass rusher in Broncos history. Let's say it that way. Dropping into coverage, Von Miller, and you've got cornerbacks getting torched left and right. Kyle Fuller can't cover a, he, he can't cover himself with a blanket. There there's there's an issue here with this defense that was supposed to be the strength of this football team and the head coach who is a defensive mind who I would love to have as a defensive coordinator. There's an issue here that tells me this goes a, a lot deeper than just scheme and players injured. So you want to talk about the Browns game, and I think that's sort of the important part of this. You brought up something before we started recording. The Browns are still favored to win this game on Thursday night. Yeah, and Case Keenum could potentially be the quarterback, and and he has no running backs. Case Keenum, sans running backs, that's French for you if you weren't paying attention, is – No chub hunt. We we are missing several players for for the Browns. They are still favored. That's that's that says a lot. That screams, that screams turmoil. That screams locker room issues. That screams a coaching staff that has potentially already lost their locker room. And I think if this game unfolds as we both think it will, and I think most listening to this podcast at this moment thinks it will unfold, the locker room will be lost. Because you can't start a season three and zero, and then look as they have the last three games, like the Broncos have, especially against the Raiders. In that situation, knowing how important the game is, it is a hated rival. It's a division rival, and the greatest coach in the history of the organization, who hates the opponent you're playing, is getting inducted into the Ring of Fame. And that is still how you come out and play and look on the field. I am still embarrassed by it as a fan. As a football fan, I'm disgusted. As a Broncos fan, I'm sick. I I, I mean, I said this to you before we started recording. I think I said it on the post-game podcast. Vic Fangio and his staff got out-coached by a team that doesn't have a head coach. Yeah, it's not uh, not a good look on your resume, right? And uh, I don't know if you know this, but Vic Fangio is, is putting together his resume uh, because he knows probably more than likely if things don't turn around, he's going to be looking for a job. Uh, I will say this, and this is something that I think is is really sad and frustrating here. Uh, the, the Broncos have been um, 
going through coaches since 2015, which was a wonderful season, uh, in in a way that is so long. Yeah, it does. It feels a lifetime ago at this point. For some people, eighty four years. Eighty. It's been eighty four years. We haven't haven't had to say that in a while. I I I wanted. Well, let me just say this. I wanted Gary Kubiak to be the next great coach of the Denver Broncos and to do things in a way that was – and that didn't work out. And then I wanted Vance Joseph to to be that young, hot coach, right, the guy that was going to come in and fire up this team, and all they did was practice well, and that was frustrating. <laughs> the next Mike Tomlin. Yeah, yeah, except for he wasn't. And we were – we I, I was duped. You were duped. I think yeah. we bought into it. And then and then <laughs> let's just ignore the fact that, that – uh, the Cardinals didn't have a coach on Sunday, and and Vance Joseph stepped in and, and did quite well. We'll just ignore that fact because he he did well as the Cardinals. I just got the gif in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that uh, listening to it, but I made the face. I cocked my head to the to the left because that the gif he's actually going to the right, but it's a mirror image. It's a whole thing with the smile and the. Mm, mm. I, I wanted Vic Fangio to be the guy. I liked the idea of the Broncos bringing in a defensive head coach, making the defense the 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 center of this team, winning games with a defense, and then bringing in an offensive mind for us to be the offensive coordinator to create an offense that would be successful. That that just felt like the right play at that moment, and it isn't. Sorry, I mean that's where I am right now. It isn't. Not it's it. It could not be. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in the world of. Why well, don't you know if this isn't gonna work out? It's not working out. That's where we are. And and I I fully believe at this point that the locker room has decided that they don't care what Vic Fangio thinks. And that that to me is is too bad because he is a great defensive mind. But the second you start telling Von Miller, hey, we don't want you to rush the passer, Von Miller's going to look at you like, dude, that's what I do. Dropping back into coverage is a surprise when Von Miller does it. And I think back to when Von Miller had an interception on Tom Brady uh, when he was playing for the Patriots in an AFC Championship game. I believe it was the AFC Championship game. Maybe my brain isn't working properly. He surprisingly dropped back into coverage and got an interception. Not, it happens five or six times a game, and it's not a surprise because you know he's going to do it. Sorry, you, you've you lost the locker room at this point. And I think it's just, what is this team going to look like? I The, 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 the odds preview story that I wrote for PlayColorado.com says the Broncos head to Cleveland with more questions than answers. And... That's exactly it. And they're searching for answers as they head to Cleveland. And it's the perfect photo of Tim Patrick sitting on the bench with his hands on his face, wondering what the hell is going on. And I think that's the sentiment in all of Broncos country. And I think you brought it up. I I think the fact that the line is three and a half right now at DraftKings plus three and a half for the spread. I think the sports books are basically they're daring people to bet the Broncos because when the line first opened, it was seven. And obviously a large part of this is because Baker Mayfield is hurt. And now Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are out, but the the sports books are still basically trying to bait people to bet the Broncos. They're throwing it out there saying, all right, it's three and a half because earlier this week it was four. So they're dropping it to three and a half. I wouldn't be surprised by Thursday morning, if it's three. So I, they're basically Johnny Avello, DraftKings, these other sports books are basically trying to lure people to bet the Broncos. I'm not going to do it because I don't, I, I won't bet the Broncos because I don't bet my team because I'm too emotionally invested in it. And the last thing you want is to be emotionally invested in a bet. Speaking of the of the Sopranos, emotional Furio and financial, this. not a good mix. As Furio said in the Sopranos, and this is the theme that we have for PlayColorado.com, is bet with your head, not over it. And I I can't do that if since I'm a Broncos fan, but that's where we are right now. I I have no faith in this coaching staff to not be outcoached by who I think is one of the best young coaches in football 
in Kevin Stefanski, who has, I think, a decent staff. I don't think it's as good as John Harbaugh's. I think it's probably on par with Mike with Mike Tomlin's. Definitely better than a team that doesn't have a head coach. And again, Vic Fangio and his staff just got out coached by a team that doesn't have a head coach. Yeah, we we actually talked about that a little bit um, in the post game recap. We talked about it prior to the game in our in our preview. Uh, the interesting thing about the Raiders, and you actually mentioned this, and I sort of went the other way with it. You talked about how you thought the John Gruden stuff would be a galvanizing force for the Raiders, and I agreed with you, but I thought it would take a week. I really thought the the Broncos were going to be the Broncos again. And, and one of the things that is frustrating for me at this point, like I want to believe, right? I, I feel like I'm watching the X-Files. I want to believe. You know, it, it's I don't believe, though. I want to believe in this team but I don't believe in this team. And the, those first three weeks were this wonderful mirage that we were so excited about, and I got sucked into it. I know I know you're a little more skeptical than I am, which is maybe uh, why you have fewer gray hairs than I do. My beard is just full of them. And it, it, I, got, I, I did. I got pulled in, and now I'm, I just feel like I'm being beaten over the head with the fact that I was the idiot that believed in this team. And I got to go back to the issue with Vic Fangio and his coaching staff. He's clearly lost this team. The The defense doesn't believe in what Fangio wants to do anymore. You have issues with players not performing as well as they have in the past. Guys like Kyle Fuller, who we were excited about that signing because he knows the system and it's going to be good. Ronald Darby looked bad. Sorry, he, he looked bad in that How game against this? the Raiders. After, the, after one of the interceptions that Teddy Bridgewater threw, Cortland Sutton runs off the field. Doesn't even attempt to chase after the guy who's yeah, saw who just that. made the interception. Weird, right? What does that say? This is a captain and a leader of the football team who was running off the field after an <clears throat> after a turnover. Yeah, that was a it was an interesting if you didn't see it, the, the interception took place almost right next to him. And he sort of made it he made an attempt kind of making an attempt that's the way it looked like he attempted to attempt it wasn't really a, a true attempt at making the tackle and then he just kind of ran towards the sideline and then the play sort of continued on and he kind of trailed and then just just trailed off that that's exactly the way to explain it i think and which is what this team is doing right that now. is that is a, an apt description of what the denver broncos are currently doing they are trailing off they are floating away into the distance and like a fart in the wind like a, like a fart in the wind oh, i like that oh my With goodness serious hang time because it still stinks it's, it smells terrible but everybody's getting a whiff that's the idea so <laughs> so you can all smell it i that is that is what we're what we're talking about here we're talking about a team that stopped caring offense defense special teams it, it feels like they look at the coaching staff. They know they're not going to be back next year. They've already figured that out. How many of the players know I'm not going to be back in Denver next year? Now I'm I'm not talking about like mid-level guys that don't matter. I'm talking about major players. There's already talk about hey maybe it's time to trade Von Miller because this season's over. Get what you can out of him. That's the greatest pass rush, the the, the greatest pass rusher in Broncos history. And you're talking about trading him. Because at three and three, the season's over. Well, if they lose to the Browns, yes. That, but that's where they are right now. They're three and three, and the conversation is: it's probably time to move on from Von Miller. Tim Patrick's going to be gone next year. Uh, Bradley Chubb, maybe it's time to to see what you can get for him in a trade. You you know, at this point, probably nothing because he can't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, the, the guys, he's. I mean, maybe you could get like some 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 medical stuff. He, he knows a lot about it. I'm sure I, the Denver Broncos at this point are a team that is rudderless. They are a team that has no true owner. So they have no true direction. I think we've talked about that more than enough. Ad nauseum. You, you've got Joe Ellis. Who's just sort of finishing out his term as leech. And this isn't, this isn't going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one too. This isn't going to get any better anytime soon. 
Unless At least the rest it, of this season. Well, and, and and let's actually let's let's I'm gonna try and throw a positive spin on it. Unless they find their form on Thursday night. There is the potential there with as banged up as Cleveland is. Maybe Pat Shermer makes some adjustments and goes back to what they were doing in weeks one, two, and three because the offense looks a, a million times different, right? And there's just so many things that they could do differently. Just go back to the way you called games in week one, week two, and week three. It would be that simple for the offense, I think. Problem might... is, is you're not playing defenses. I mean, I get it. The Jets have a good defense. It's not on par with no, the Browns' not... defense. That's fair. So, I, I mean, I'm a, I guess my thought is, if you can, if you can pull out a win here, now you're sitting at four and three, not three and four. You've got the mini buy. That's a time to regroup, right? It's a time for the team to sort of get a little refreshed. Maybe you Washington turn... football team comes to town. Yeah, Peyton Manning getting inducted into the Ring of Fame. I mean, maybe you turn things around. Maybe, maybe there's a thing. Although, let me—you just brought up Peyton Manning being being inducted into the Ring of Fame, and I've got a question for you about that. Does it really matter to the players? And I mean that seriously. Think about think about what just happened with the Raiders. Think about all of the induction ceremonies and and whatnot. If I'm a player on the football field. I know that I'm supposed to be pumped up about that or whatever, but I'm also like, I'm playing a football game and I'm pretty busy and it's, it's halftime. What do I care about halftime? I'm trying to get prepared for the second half. I don't care what's going on on the field while I'm in the locker room getting ready. Does it really matter to the players on the, that are, that are currently playing what is happening ceremonially at halftime? Yes, because I think they actually know who Peyton Manning is. I don't think most of the players had any clue who Mike Shanahan was. So, so it depends on if they're friends or not. Oh yeah. I mean, let's, let's think about it. Mike Shanahan hasn't been the coach of the Broncos for what? 13 years. Yeah, has was it? Oh, eight. Maybe it was 84 years. Maybe we should go back to that. It's been 84 yeah. years. My, I, so, think it was, I think it was Oh eight. Yeah. So most of those guys probably don't even know that he was the head coach of this football team. Cause they were probably all kids when they were watching it. Some of them might not have even been alive. I mean, the, I mean, the last that people probably remember Mike Shanahan is when he was coaching the Washington football team. So maybe that's when they, they should have. Maybe they should have honored know. him when they honored when they played the Washington football team. Maybe that would have been the better play, just to kind of just just to sort of get that bad taste out of his mouth. Maybe I, just a thought there. But I, I do think that players know who Peyton Manning. Like they know he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He's going to be in the building. Yeah, I think people are they're gonna want to play up. I would hope so. I would hope so. You, yeah, I thought that they would do that against the Raiders. That was that was the thought, and it didn't happen. So I guess uh that's that's like that's that's a way to fool away. me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. I know I didn't say that right. I was trying to mimic George W. Yeah, so when you fool, you can't get fooled again. Is the, is the idea? That's that's the saying in Texas that they also had in Tennessee. Wow, well, that's know, Texas. Man, that was a that was a deep dive into some uh, into some old school George W. Bush stuff. That was kind of fun. Well, um, we got get the chance to, to quote Will Ferrell. They got to have some strategery on Thursday. That is that is one of the keys to the game, and I think you know what? Let's let's do that. Let's jump into the keys, right? Let's let's talk about the keys to the game a little bit, and I think strategery is certainly one of them. Uh, what, what, uh, what is your key to the game? Do your job from the coaches to the players. This needs to happen on Thursday. It hasn't happened the last three weeks. The coaches have been out coached and out game planned. I don't need to say that again. The players look ill-prepared and lifeless for any of this to change. Each member of the Broncos needs to do their damn job. Take care of your responsibility and that should foster others to do the same. That's it may not statement. help you. It may not help you win, but at least you'll look like you want to be on the field. Yeah, a little fight would be would be something I'd like to see. Uh, I've actually I'm going to go back to something we've been saying for a long time now, uh, and it has to do with the defense. The, the defense has to be so good that they only give up 20 points or less. That's that's the number. I think 19 is a good number there. Even right, not, it's the number is 19. If the Browns get over 19, the game is over. But but. I'll even stretch it to 20 just to be fair. I think the defense has to be a million times better. I don't think it matters what the play calling is for the offense. 
or whatever the execution is for the offense, because you can complain about both of those, the defense has to do their job better. And you just talked about doing their job, right? Everybody top to bottom has got to do their job. That was the expectation for this defense. The expectation for this defense was that it was going to be so good that they were going to hold teams to 20 points. Okay, well, let's see it. And quite frankly, if you can't hold this Cleveland Browns team with a half-dead Baker Mayfield and zero running backs to less than 20 points, then you probably don't deserve to be in the NFL and things need to change. So to me, that's the key to the game. I'd also like to see some turnovers because that's one way that you hold what teams. Are those? Yeah, we, we don't really experience those anymore in Denver, but uh, that is when the offense gives the ball to the defense by accident, generally speaking, and then that allows that defense to then get off the field and the, their team's offense can then take the field and potentially score some points. So for those of you who didn't know what a turnover was, that's that's what that is. I'm not talking about an apple turnover, even if that does sound delicious. So you you have to create turnovers to win football games. The, the old saying of defense wins championships is, is actually false. Defense that create turnovers, defenses that actually turn the ball over, those are the defenses that win championships. This Broncos team is not turning the ball over, so they're not winning games. They've got to create turnovers. That's how they're going to hold the, the Browns to less than 20 points, and that's how they win the game. That's my key to the game. You mentioned the defense, and it's a specific part of the defense. I, I'll mention it again. Everyone talked about how good this secondary was going to be for the Broncos. And as I said in my preview story at PlayColorado.com, this secondary has been shredded finer than fresh Parmesan. That's and a, now they're that's fair. And now they're going to go against a hobbled Baker Mayfield with, I mean, Odell Beckham is like what fifty years old now. At least that's what he looks like. Jarvis Landry, I think, is still hurt. I don't know if he's going to be active. David Njoku, I, I think, is their tight end. I mean, I don't even know their weapons in Cleveland. <laughs> who, who are you throwing to? Who, who are you handing to? Odell Beckham? Is, is he still a thing? Jarvis Landry, is he, is he a thing? So, I'm with you. I mean, if, if, the, if the defense can't show up in Cleveland on Thursday against this Browns offense, the thing that is going to be something to keep an eye on is, yes, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are out but the Cleveland Browns still have that great offensive line and they still come into the game first in the league in rushing yards per game at 168.5. Wow. Can I take issue and, with your shredded Parmesan analogy? Just cause I, I'm sure. sitting here thinking about it. Parmesan is delicious. And the secondary is not the secondary is not. I just want to make sure that we, we understand shredded Parmesan it's like, is it's like, molded kind of aged over like left left in the back of the refrigerator for 15 years and now it's just a rock like i'm fine with that but just let's just remember real good shredded parmesan or parmigiano is delicious this secondary nope not it's not even close quick tangent i mentioned the sopranos a couple of times on this show my wife and i are re-watching it is it common knowledge for Italians to refer to sauce as gravy? No, that's a regional thing. So I grew up in Colorado, as you know, and we called it sauce because in Italian, it's salsa. Salsa in Italian means sauce. So that's what we called it, sauce. The only people who call it gravy are East Coast Italians, and there's a lot of them, and that's fine, and you're welcome to call it that. But they call it gravy because of, uh, and I I don't want to mess up the story, but it has to do with the the way that food was prepared on the east coast because gravy is is not what a a, a a like a red sauce is red sauce is tomatoes and it's 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 like a fresh sort of of sauce whereas gravy is is more of a sloppy like it's from meat juice and things like that that's not really the same thing but but it we're but, gonna see a lot of meat juice on Thursday <laughs> Italian Americans though for whatever reason and it's it's not just it's it's not just because of what they call it, but it has to do with like trying to fit in and and this is what this is what people know it as blah blah blah. Italian Americans on the East Coast call it 
gravy. Anybody, and and quite frankly, if, if I'm being, if I can be pretentious here, anybody who calls it gravy doesn't really know what they're talking about. I've never once in my life called it gravy in a serious manner I, because it isn't. And I've lived in Europe. I've lived, I've been over there. They don't call it gravy because it's not gravy. Gravy is what you get when fat, fat from the meat drips off and creates a pool and you put a little some sort of like flour or something in there and you create a gravy out of that that's not what tomato sauce is so knock it off that's well, my that was... yeah sorry that's my rant of the day get off your soapbox about gravy <laughs> up on my up on my high horse man that guy's nose must be so high up in the air right now i'm just saying it's salt it's sauce salsa salsa ridiculous to get back to the game Tim Lynch actually had a great key to the game, and that's a self-aware Pat Shermer. And I won't read the whole key to the game that Tim put forth, but he said for a season and a half, the Pat Shermer system has been an abject failure on all counts. He talks of the need to, quote, keep grinding, but what is needed is a complete change in philosophy. Tim would like to see Shermer become self-aware that what he is doing is failing and to adapt. It isn't the players failing to execute at this point, as we have seen multiple starting quarterbacks and plenty of different starters elsewhere. It is a failure to adapt that is killing the offense, and that falls on Pat Shermer. Yeah, that's a really, uh, really good way to look at it. He is self-awareness is one of those things that we talk about as a teacher we talk about it a little bit with our students about being self-aware of, of what's going on around you and and how you are impacting your current situation and how you are the only one who can control what is happening to you right you are the only one who can control the things that that you do so if you do what you are supposed to do then you'll be fine because only you can control you right you can't control me i can't control you but you can control you and that is the key. And I and that's I think that's a perfect sort of scenario there. Pat Shermer needs to control himself and run the football. <laughs> that's what he needs to do. And I would love to see, you know what I would love? If Teddy Bridgewater would become Pat Shermer's self-awareness and and start checking out of some of these pass plays and just check to a run. Hey, you know what? We're going to audible here, boys, because I'm tired of throwing the football. My shoulder's sore. 49 passes. That's what they did against the Raiders. 49. It's too many. That's too many. All right. That was our keys to the game. Wasn't it fun? No, not no. really. No, it wasn't. All right. Uh, players to watch. Let's let's jump into it. Uh, offensive side of the football first. Why not? Uh, go for it. I don't even know that I have anybody. Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey. Mm. Because they're going to be going against Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Based on what the Raiders just did, you touched on it. They had an edge rusher get three and a half sacks. His name is escaping me. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, yeah, I can't remember it either. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his name is because he, he sacked Teddy Bridgewater three times. And quite frankly... You just mentioned Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. No wonder Teddy Bridgewater was limping into the Pat Bowlen Fieldhouse. He was probably Max trying to Crosby. There it is. I was thinking. Here's what I'll tell you. I was thinking Mason Crosby, and I knew that wasn't right because that was that's a kicker, and so I wasn't going to say a word. But uh, yeah, but no, yeah. I, I imagine Max he was Crosby. limping so that he could maybe get out of this. Oh, coach, my leg hurts a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, because I don't want to get beat up like I did. Max Crosby kicked my butt, so. What's Miles Garrett going to do to me? Or Jadavian Clowney. I mean, Max Crosby is a great pass rusher. The way he, especially in that opener against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, that defensive line played incredibly well against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Probably an underrated unit as far as units go in the NFL. But Crosby and that, and that front is not on the same level as the Browns, and especially. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. So what is Pat Shermer going to do? We've talked, we've talked about heavy sets. I mean, if you're going to go three wide against this defense or, and you're going to have one-on-one -on -one 
Garrett Bowles and Miles Garrett and Bobby Massey and Jadavian Clowney, and you're not going to go a heavy set and have, I mean, not that Noah Fan is much of a blocker anyway at this point, but you got other tight have, ends. They have to get some help. Or if you go three wide again. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what to say to that. That's a, that's a really good uh, players to watch. I'm going to um, continue with that and I'm going to, I'm going to just go a little bit more on the inside and Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner. I mean, the interior offensive line has been not great either. So it's the entire offensive line. If you really think about it yeah, and as cliche as it is, it is cliche. And and here's the thing that I think we, we are, and I don't want to harp on it too much. I think that what we have discovered here is that Pat Shermer has never really done anything to put his guys in a position to be successful. And that is the self-awareness that Tim is talking about. And it is something that has to change or else he's, you know, you know, and, and what does Pat Shermer care to be quite honest, he's going to move on to another team and be the offensive coordinator somewhere else anyway. So be gone. You know, you're That's what's going to happen. The issue is that it leaves this team in shambles. So, you know, hopefully Dalton Reisner and, and Graham Glasgow can step up. Lloyd Cushenberry can step up and, and have an impact, but this offensive line is is going to need to be uh, better for them to pull out a win. Uh, defensively, you got a player to watch? I'm going to say the whole defense. Just blanket defense. Just blanket. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, Justin Simmons has been awful this season. The secondary has been horrible. Now they don't have any linebackers. <laughs> I mean, you have Alexander Johnson with a torn pec. Josie Jewell with a torn pec. Uh, where the hell has Von Miller been? I mean, he comes out and says, I don't know who the left tackle, or I don't know the tackle I'm facing, but I'm going to kill him. Well, you better do it now, or... I mean, where where is everybody? That's a so good I'm going to say the whole defense. It must be uh, fixing up their resumes as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little more specific. I'm going to go with the defensive line. And, and specifically, we'll talk about... Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones and, and whoever else you want to throw in the Deshaun Mike Williams. Purcell, Mike Purcell, Deshaun Williams. They, they, they have to get more of a push up front. They have to stop the run, and they have to somehow disrupt the quarterback, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum or Kevin Stefanski himself. I don't care. They have to do something. No, knowing that the, the Cleveland Browns don't have any running backs, everybody is hurt, knowing that – Baker Mayfield is hurt, so you're either going to play a hurt Baker Mayfield or a healthy Case Keenum, which is the same thing. You have to do something, and they haven't done anything. This is another one of those, this is going to be a strength of the team moments. The defensive line, along with the secondary, along with the rest of the defense, was supposed to be a strength of the team. They haven't been very strong recently. It's been a bit of a frustrating last three weeks. Maybe use the Browns as an opportunity to fix some stuff, or don't. I don't know, but that's th- those are that's my defensive players to watch. Isn't I'm so frustrated. Well, I, I said this in my betting preview at PlayColorado.com. Cheap plug to go to Mick Foley's cheap pop. This is a tipping point in the season, and if this team loses to Case Keenum or to a hobbled Baker Mayfield. They're not going to get up. No, just start the 10 count, but it's it's already over for sure, for sure. All right, let's let's throw out our predictions. Let's go ahead and do it. We actually I, I think we uh because I know what you're going to say and I know what I'm going to say. I don't know how it happened cuz I wasn't paying attention to anybody else, but I think we have the same prediction. We actually have the same score. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, we do. Okay. I I, I I mean, based on what the Broncos' offensive and defensive lines just looked like against the Raiders, I don't have high hopes for Thursday night. As I mentioned, Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey will attempt to block Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. And while Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are out, that's still a good offensive line, as I mentioned, that will face a defense that is without its top two linebackers. As you have said repeatedly, I want to give Vic Fangio and this coaching staff and this Broncos team the benefit of the doubt. But again, he just got out coached 
by a team without a effing head coach. 27-17 Browns. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and you just said it. I do. I want to believe in this team. I, 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 I was so excited after the first three weeks because I thought maybe, just maybe, right? And I was, I, I, I was against my better judgment, sort of even outside of the tempered zone of excitement. And I, you know, we talked about it earlier. I want Vic Fangio to be a great head coach, but his defense has been bad. That's that's just sorry. The defense has been bad. And the three teams that they beat were three bad teams. The Browns aren't a bad team. They're banged up. They've got injuries. They've got some question marks, but they're not a bad they've lost, team. They've lost two close games. I, I mean, to the, to the Chargers and the Cardinals. It's it's not like they lost to teams that are bad. They they played two close games against two very good teams. And I can't believe I have to say that about the Cardinals and the Chargers. And if you grew up in the '80s, you know how frustrating that sounds. The issue is Pat Shermer. Again, I go back to it. It's Pat Shermer and his play calls and and what he does with the offense. And he was good in the first three weeks, and we talked about him becoming self-aware. I don't believe that's going to happen. I am selling on this team right now, 27-17 Browns. And I'm shocked that we had the same number. I'm not shocked that we had the same outcome. It made perfect sense to me. Um, All right, I hope I'm wrong. I I, I mean, last week – for the Raiders game, I said I had a bad feeling about it because I knew that the Raiders were going to come together and use that as a a, a, a motivational factor, a unifying factor. And I just I had a bad feeling that the Broncos were just going to lay an egg, and they not they didn't lay an egg. It was a rotten egg. That that, that egg was spoiled from the moment it left whatever orifice it left. All right, let's do this. Let's hope that somebody finds some bad Vic Fangio emails while we take a quick break. When we come back, we will do our whip around the league, look at the AFC West, and then we'll say go Broncos. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All righty. And let's, uh, let's start by taking a look at, obviously, we always start by taking a look at the AFC West. So we'll do that right off the bat. Um, because the Chiefs play the Titans in a game that I think is going to be one of the most entertaining games of the week. Uh, because as you said before we started, uh, <laughs> the Chiefs defense is so bad we may see some really fun stuff out of Derrick Henry. I, I mean, I think the only person who could tackle Derrick Henry is Andy Reid because yeah, I think he's the only one big enough. I think he would just absorb him. Like it would just be an absorption thing, not so much as a tackle. It was just like Derrick Henry would just absorb into his body. I, if like I'm a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, like exactly. That's kind of where I was going with that. If, if I am a, a Derrick Henry owner in fantasy football this week, I, or I know. Or a prop better. Or a prop better, sure. Go for it. I, I know I'm winning this week. I know that this is a, this is a week I go into feeling very confident because I think I'm going to get 30 to 40 points out of one of my running backs. That usually means a victory. And then the other one is the Eagles and the Raiders. And, I mean, Vegas is going to be Philly West. I mean, you touched on it before we started recording because Vegas is a destination city. And especially at this time of year, where it's not 115 degrees, and you can actually walk down the strip and not sweat your balls off. This or is whatever the time body of year, part you might or whatever sweat body off, part. Yeah, you know, women don't have balls, unless I'm not going to go Let's there. Let's just yeah, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of Philly fans in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is a destination city, just like, I mean, 
Arizona teams, you know, teams go to Arizona, their fans follow, especially Midwest. The Midwesterners love Arizona. Absolutely love it. I, I, I can't they love the you. dry heat. They love the dry heat. You know, it, it's not the heat that'll kill you. It's the humidity. All right. And I'm going to tell you right now, as someone who lives in that humidity, there's some validity to the humidity being the thing that will kill you. I can't believe I decided to rhyme that. Like I, I heard it and I ran with it and I realized after I got done running with it, I should have fumbled. I should have let it go. I never should have picked that up, but instead I ran with it. And this is where we are. This is the world we live in, but no, it destination cities are, are a big draw. That's why when the chargers were in San Diego, you brought that up. Dude, everybody wants to go to San Diego. I would love oh, to go San to Diego, San Diego. Great. San Diego's amazing. As Peyton Manning said in that one commercial, the weather here is sweet. It is. It just <laughs> is. Can you imagine being a weatherman in San Diego? I mean, you have to find other things to talk about. 72 and sunny. And uh, back to you. <laughs> Brick Tamlin. <laughs> I, I do think I do think the Titans will beat the Chiefs. Because, I, I mean, I get it. Patrick Mahomes and that offense is high powered. They can move the ball at will, but I, I, I even think the Titans can lock down Tyree kill. Unlike absolutely. Unlike the law enforcement. Um, uh, ooh, uh, a little feisty in here today. You get a little fired up. <laughs> and I think the Raiders beat the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles are not a team that, that I think the Raiders will have a problem with. I, I, I actually, I think that they are going – the Raiders are going to be a team that sort of rallies around what happened to them, which I hate saying. And they'll they'll win some games that maybe we wouldn't have thought they were going to win. This is not one of those games. This is a game that I think we probably thought they were going to win prior to all of the ridiculousness and whatnot that's been going on. Uh, and the Chargers are on a bye, so we don't have to worry about them. What's a, Is there another game that's sticking out to you or anything else that's going on this this uh, this week in week seven that that sort of stands out? To me, what Lamar Jackson is doing with the Baltimore Ravens, where he literally has nothing around him. <laughs> I mean, talk about injuries. Mar- Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins. I mean, he has a great tight end. I I will I will absolutely give him that. One of the best tight ends in football. Yeah, Mark Andrews is good. But yeah, you, I mean, you talk about. I mean, Latavius Murray is his top running back right now. Who has and, and, Le- and Le'Veon, who's still good running, still back. been doing well. But he wasn't going to be active. <laughs> he was he was just going to be wearing like a Ravens jumpsuit, right? Like that was his that was his role. Now all of a sudden he's their RB one, and they're five and one. They are the best team in the AFC right now. I mean, now. they did get to play the Broncos, so let's you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I brought this up to you. There, there are three games that are very interesting to me as someone who is in the sports betting industry. Three games with massive spreads: Lions at the Rams, Bears at Buccaneers, Texans at Cardinals. At DraftKings, the current spread in those games is fourteen and a half for the Lions and the Rams. For the Bears and Buccaneers, it's 12 and a half. And then the Texans and the Cardinals is a massive 17 and a half. Would you bet the spread in any of those games? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, no. Like for all of them, the answer is no. Um, no, that's not true. Maybe the Buccaneers. The spread on the Buccaneers was 12 and a half, right? Correct. Yeah. And that's and that's why I think it is, because it's less than two touchdowns and it's less than a touchdown and a field goal. Yeah. So that's I, why I think the market is is good enough that you could jump on that spread for the Buccaneers. I, I, I might go take that bet when we get done recording here. I poss- I think that's the one I would bet, and here's why. The rookie quarterback situation, the Bears offense is sort of hit or miss. The Buccaneers defense is phenomenal, and Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, which I hate saying, but it is the truth. Uh I do think that this is a game where the Buccaneers probably are going to get a blowout win. I think 12 and a half is, is certainly one that I would be, I'm comfortable with that number. I would, I would take that. Uh, whereas like the lions and Rams, you don't know what you're going to get from the, the Rams each week. You believe you're going to get a solid offensive performance. You're probably going to get good defense. I mean, you know what that is going to be. So you're not a hundred percent sure what the scoring is going to be. You know, the Rams are going to win that game. I mean, you, you would feel confident in that, but 
a spread, I believe you said that one was 13 and a half. Am I right about 14 that? 14 and a half. 14 and a half. See, that even makes it even bigger. Because that that is, that's more than two touchdowns. That's two touchdowns and a field goal kind of thing. I I can't quite go that far. And then what was the other one? Texans Cardinals. Texans Cardinals. 17 and a half. That's just such a big number at 17 and a half. That's, I mean, that that's, that's, that's two that's touchdowns. Like, it's four scores. It's, yeah. If, I mean, it's, if you wanna... it's basically you would have to have twenty points. It's a lot. It's just it's a lot. So I I, I think I would I, I lean towards definitely the Bucks and the Bears. To me that that's a good market because it's under thirteen. I still think Lions Rams because Stafford's going against his old team. It's in L A. But Jared Goff is going against his old team. <laughs> Sorry. I, I do I I do think the Rams and Lions. I, I think the Rams can beat. By at least seventeen points, I think that that's where I think I'm at on that one. The Texans and the Cardinals, though. I mean, what I will say is, a couple weeks ago, the Bills and the Texans, the Bills had a same kind of spread, and I think they shut out the Texans and won like forty to nothing. And this game is in Phoenix. There, yeah, there's that. That is that is true. That, that I I will say if you keep keep an eye on it though, because if either of those. Rams card uh, Cardinals spreads drop like if if it gets below if it gets under 14 so it's like 13 and a half I would jump on that for the Rams Cardinals I'm I'm still iffy on it because that's just such a giant number yeah it's huge it's just a lot I you know what you know me that with I, your head, here's what I'll tell you not over it and also if you just heard me give you any advice just do the opposite because you know I'm going to screw it up anyway exactly take it take it for what it's worth it, 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 I call it wagertainment I think I've said that before that have a have a limit in mind have fun it's a it, I will say as someone who has started doing it it definitely changes the way you watch and root for games it's it's very it, it's kind of like fantasy football in that sense yeah, and then also plan your trip to Vegas. Go have fun. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Broncos.